0: Yeah. Good morning, Mercy family. Yeah, man. Welcome. If you are new to Mercy Church, so glad you're here. That video that you just saw, we have starting point happening at all three of our campuses right after this service. Our teens will tell you exactly where that is here in just a bit. Um, I got to do a lot in our sermon time today, so you kind of need to buckle up. All right. I got three things I got to do. I got a cool kind of Mercy Church update I want to share with you. um, And then I want to introduce the sermon series we're walking into as we start 2024, and then I want to preach a sermon too, okay? So got some stuff to do, hang in there, here's the first one, man, I want to tell you guys, uh, just kind of what happened last month with our Christmas missions offering, because it was awesome, okay? Uh, I told you we didn't really put a number on the wall. We more just wanted to call everybody to participate because we wanted to give. All of it goes to our partners, both here in Charlotte and around the world. Our previous record was $130,000 that we had given to a Christmas missions offering. Last month, you gave $198,000 to the Christmas missions offering. Praise God. So let me tell you man that that means y'all that's taking the gospel further faster uh, that's right here in Charlotte to partner organizations like alongside families and Queen City Pregnancy Resource Center and Congregations for Kids. We're really big on helping children in need and showing them the love of Christ. And we get to partner with these organizations. I get so excited about that. Uh, We also have, you know, ministry partners all around the world. I think of um, Mercy Nairobi. Like we love planting churches and our church plant over in Mercy Nairobi, over Nairobi, Kenya. We get to send um, some more support to them. And then we have one other that I'm really excited to do, and it's a surprise that's happening right now. Uh, So I want to ask Joseph Anderson to come up on stage with me right now. Joseph does not know this is happening, okay? Um, This is a surprise that we wanted to wait until our friends at Mercy Northeast, where Joseph has faithfully served as a campus pastor um, before. If you don't know, Joseph is now in our church planting residency and is heading out to Atlanta to plant Kingdom City Church. All right. Yeah. We're pumped about it. You can cheer for that. This is awesome. All right. Well, what you don't know is what we have planned. Uh, you know, we have planned to give you $35,000 as seed money. That's already been in our budget as seed money for Kingdom City Church and a total of 75000 over the course of three years. Now, because of Mercy Church's generosity in December, we're able to give you $75,000 this year and $120,000 over the course of these three years. Yeah, baby. Love you, man. We love them. Yeah, it's even... We, we thought it'd be weird to do a big check, so we didn't do that, because that might have a weird feel. A good yeah, good move. Um, y'all, we believe so much in Joseph and his family, and in the mission that God has called him to, and called them to. I want to encourage you to, like I said before, pray for them. Some of y'all need to take a step to be a part of Kingdom City, and really pray through moving, putting your yes on the table, and moving with them. But man, we love you. Church is expensive, and it's hard, and your sending church is behind you 150 and. Twenty yeah. percent, yeah, baby. All right, we love you, man. Thank you, brother. Yes, so exciting, y'all. Praise God, man. Oh man, praise the Lord. I love, I love being your pastor. Um, I love being your pastor. So here's what I want to do now. Uh, that's part one, update stuff. Part two, let me introduce. Where we're heading over the next few weeks, uh, introduce. We're going to be in the New Testament book of Colossians. All right. So if you got your Bible, make your way over to the book of Colossians. We're going to be there for about seven weeks. Uh, you get into the New Testament. It's about midway through. It's when the books start getting real short. All right. This one's only four chapters. Pretty quick. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. All right. That's uh, maybe that'll help. Now. Let me take the five minutes or so to introduce this book to you, and then we'll get into our sermon for today. Uh, The main idea that we're going to chase over the course of these next seven weeks comes from something that our writer, his name is Paul, uh, the Apostle Paul, something he says about Jesus in the first chapter. I'll put it up here for you. This is Colossians 1, 17 and 18. Here's what he says. He says, he, Jesus, is before all things and by him all things hold together. He's also the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in, everybody, everything. Paul says Jesus is before all things, and it's a little bit of a play on words. Not only that he existed, not only that he was before all things, although verse 16, you read read back a little bit, it's going to say that he did. He created the universe. But look at the wording. He is, presently, is before all things. He remains before all things. What that's doing is it's clarifying his authority. It's not just that he existed before all things. It's that he remains in first place. He is preeminent. He is in charge. He controls. He reigns over all things. He remains before all things and he's in charge. He holds the universe together. And then Paul makes a point to say, and he's in charge of the church. He's not just the beginning of the universe, but then look what he says. He's the new beginning. He's the firstborn from the dead. It's talking about his resurrection. He's not just the author and source of life. He's the author and source of new life. That idea, listen to me. That idea is that he's the author and source of new life. That's, we're going to chase that all throughout this series. Because some of y'all need, desperately need new life. And you came in here today hoping for some kind of new life. And you can find it in the author and source of life. He creates new life and his name is Jesus and there's hope for you in him. We're going to see that a lot over this series The reason, look what he says though, this Colossians 1, 17, 18, the reason he founded the universe, the reason he holds the universe together, the reason he rules the church, the reason he resurrected from the grave, verse 18, is so that he might come to have first place in everything. So here's the theme of our series, Jesus before all things. That's what Colossians is about. It's about putting Jesus before all things. He is first, so we must put him first y'all, that's there's a couple of themes running through this book, okay, that kind of, kind of make their way out of this before all things. There's a belief theme and an action theme. First, the belief. Do you believe? Do you actually believe Christ is before all things? Do you believe he's the author of life and of new life? And what I'm trying to do there is we talk and we unpack all this belief stuff and we'll do it every single sermon in this series. My hope is that we will look into the glory of God that we see in the gospel, and I think it's going to be worshipful. I just want your hearts to be full as a result of time in God's word. And then the action theme is just a response to the belief theme. If you really believe he is before all things, then put him first place in everything, in every arena of your life, because belief that doesn't translate to action is not belief it's just sentiment. True belief creates action. So we're going to explore what it means to actively put Christ where he already exists in the universe to put him there in our lives. First place. Here's why it's so big. It doesn't say that Jesus came to be among all things. It said it came to be first before all things. And y'all, it's really easy in the Bible belt, And so I think this letter is going to be challenging. I know it is to me and probably to many of you. It is really easy in the Bible Belt to play the Christian game to put Jesus among all things in our lives. We carve out a little spiritual niche and we drop Jesus into that little pocket and he's among the things in our lives. But that's not what Paul says that he actually is. He actually exists before all things. He reigns over all things and he has come to be first place in everything. And everything is not abstract. Everything is everything in your life and my life. Everything. Now, here's what's great. Our discipleship team has put together a companion workbook of sorts um, to go through to kind of help you go through this series. And it's called my, Disci- my 2024 Discipleship Plan. The idea is over the course of this series, you'll uh, each week build a part of the plan. So that by the end of the series, you've got a plan for putting Jesus first. In your everyday life in 2024. And you just kind of work the plan the rest of the year. Everybody's in a different place with Jesus, so everybody's plan will look a little bit different. That's why it's a workbook, so you can kind of fill it in. Here's why this matters to me. Listen, as your pastor, this belief and action stuff, I want this for you. If you're gonna to belong to mercy, I want your heart filled. I hope this happens on Sunday mornings. Your heart filled with increasing love and worship and awe as you encounter the amazing grace of God directed to you. Y'all, God loves you. He loves you so much more than you realize. I know that's true for me. And I believe the Christian life should be lived saturated in and by his love for you. So I want your hearts filled. That's the belief piece. But I also want us to be equipped to be a people of action, Christ calls his followers disciples, and a disciple is one who is trained, who is developed more and more into the image and likeness of Jesus. As James says, we're not to just be hearers of the word, but doers also. So I want your hearts full, but also, if you will, your hands full with some tools that you can use to grow. And that's what this workbook is. It's, it's nothing revolutionary, y'all. It's very simple steps. It's a simple plan filled, designed to give you some small steps. But it is small steps that always achieve big goals. So take this group and grow together. You're going to get this next week. All right? You're not getting this today. Our community group leaders are getting this today. Okay? Now, that's not because God loves them more than God loves you. It's because I love them more than I love you, okay? <laughs> Just to be clear on where that's coming from, all right? They're going to get this at our, um, our community group leader training tonight, um, and they're going to get training on how to use it. So if you would like early access like them, we would love to talk with you about starting a community group, um, and then you can get access to it, all right? All right, now, we have done the cool Christmas missions offering update. We have introduced the series. Now it's time to get into this week's passage we're going to open up Colossians 1, verses 1 through 14. He's going to introduce, kind of. It's, he's going to, we're going to see his introduction, and he's going to give us a simple idea today. You know, this idea of putting Jesus first in everything, it has to start today. So the idea of this opening here, Colossians 1, 1 through 14, the main theme for today is fresh fruit in the Christian life comes from fresh faith and by fresh faith. Fresh fruit in the Christian life comes from and by fresh faith. He's, what Paul's going to say, he's talking to the church in Colossae, and he's going to say, man, we've heard about what happened in your church. There's been some great fruit. It's awesome. God has blessed you. You've believed. You've, it's been amazing to see. And he says, because we have seen such great fruit in your church, man, I'm urgently praying for you. Because we've seen fruit, I'm praying for you. We usually think, if, if you will, we think prayer should come because we're not seeing fruit. Like, oh, something's wrong. Like, things aren't going right. Man, I need God's help. I messed up again. I need God's help. So that's when I pray. But Paul says, no, no, because you've seen such great fruit, because God has borne such great fruit, man, we need to pray. See, fruit is the result of the things we're talking about, belief and action. When we believe the gospel, we take steps of faith, and in light of that belief, God bears fruit in our life. When we believe, we take action, God bears fruit. Like, you know, we're in the middle of something we could worry about, but then we believe, Philippians 4, 4-7... Right, That instead of worry, we're going, to let the, we're going to present everything to God through prayer and thanksgiving, trusting that the peace of God that transcends all understanding will go out our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Right, Philippians 4, 7 promise. We believe it, and then the fruit that bears out, because we act in faith, giving it over to God, the fruit that bears out is peace. Right, And that's a really good thing, but here's the why. So it's wild. that When that happens and we experience that peace as a result of that faith in action, We experience fruit. That should lead us to depend even more on God. To be like, wow, look, when God works, I should lean more onto the Lord. And yet, one of the great dangers of the Christian life, one that many of us have experienced, is that we see spiritual fruit, and then we just stop depending on God. Say, oh, we got the fruit. I'm done. And then we coast. We kind of put it on autopilot for long periods of time living off of old fruit. And we find ourselves eventually back in the same old battles wondering, why don't I experience fruit that lasts? But what we're really after, is we want the kind of fruit that doesn't require fresh faith today. We just wanna live off of the old fruit because it's so hard to trust God again today. We just wanna store up the fruit, but we need to depend on God fresh again today. You know, you think like, I pray, I remember back in college, man, I prayed for my friend that didn't know Jesus. I shared the gospel with him. He came to faith. It was awesome. Fruit born out of faith. But Then you haven't shared the gospel with anybody in the five years since you've been out of college and you're living off of old fruit. You celebrated, we celebrated, but we didn't put our hand back to the plow. We didn't ask for more. And we just, a lot of us live off of old fruit memories. And in present reality, we tend to be spiritually dried up because we stopped trusting God today. We stopped having fresh faith today. We stopped depending on him. We just kind of get spiritually comfortable. Mercy, I believe God has so much to do in and through us, but we better guard our hearts against living off of old fruit. We should celebrate it. Of course we should celebrate it. Commemorate it. Yes, I mean, last year was a banner year. In the life of Mercy Church, I'm going to remember it for a long time. Record attendance, baptisms, we planted Mercy, Union County, we added services across the board, doubled our seating capacity, and may need to do more of that. Um, but man, an awesome year, yet how easy in light of that would be to celebrate and then stop, to say, yeah, oh, awesome, fruit happened, or whatever we would say, all done. Man, that's, that's one of the ways the enemy gets us. If he can't stop fruit from growing, he can trick you into thinking you don't need any more. To think you just kind of arrived and you don't got to depend on God anymore. So Paul in response says, no, no, no. Keep going. He prays for fresh faith, for faith today to put Christ first today because he knows that will bear fresh fruit. And maybe as we open 24, that's what you need to be encouraged in. There is more God wants in your life. There's more and the key to unlocking that more is fresh faith. It's to put Christ first again today, not just remember that one time you put him first a long time ago. I want this year to be fruitful for you and for us, but that means we need to be faithful today. More dependence on God, not less. So I'm gonna walk through verses one through 14 and you'll see how he celebrates their belief and then he calls them to believe. Celebrates fruit, calls them to pray. It's gonna be a, a prayer prayer For fresh faith. So, what I'm going to do is I'm actually just going to build for us a fresh faith prayer, okay? This is like Paul prays over them, so we'll just take that and we will actually pray it and we'll conclude our time praying together this prayer. We're going to build a a put Christ first today kind of prayer. I think we'll just call it a prayer for fresh faith and I'll show it to you as we go through it. So, verse 1 of Colossians 1. And if you're new to Mercy Church, this is what we do. We just walk through verse by verse, you've just experienced the world's longest introduction. Normally it's a lot quicker and you'll see. We'll still, we'll get there. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by God's will and Timothy, our brother to the saints in Christ at Colossae who are faithful brothers and sisters. This is a letter. Paul says he's an apostle. That just means he's a sent one. He's a church planter goes out planting churches and he says it's by God's will. Here's why he said that. If you're newer to the Bible, y'all, Paul's backstory is wild. This guy hated Jesus, hated him, hated Christians, hated Christians so much. He used to go around murdering Christians and hired others to do the same. And now he's a church planter. Now he's going around, oh my goodness, planting churches and receiving the very persecution he used to dole out. The only explanation for that is life change. And what any Christian here today will tell you, maybe the friend that brought you will tell you, man, only God can change lives like that. Only God can do that. There's no other explanation. God is the one that changes hearts. That's what gives me so much freedom as I preach to you guys because I know that I can't change your heart. I'm just the messenger. You get offended, ah, just the messenger. Go talk to the guy that wrote it. You know what I mean? But I will tell you, God is the one that can change hearts, and he loves changing hearts. So one of our ministry values is we expect God to change your life today, because he loves doing it. So Paul and Timothy are writing to the church in the city of Colossae. That's why it's called the book of Colossians. Same with like Ephesians, it's written to the church in Ephesus, or Galatians, the church in Galatia, okay? Well, here he's writing to Colossae. Now, frame of reference, the city of Colossae is nine miles south of the city of Laodicea, Okay? that helps nobody. So let me give you a little more. Um, If you go in your mind's eye to like modern day Middle East and the country of Turkey and think like South Central Turkey. Okay. That's where he's at and he's planted or where the church is. And he's writing over there to them. And he says, grace to you and peace from God, our father. There's a whole sermon right there. Okay. Okay grace to you and peace. Grace is the root. Peace is the fruit. Grace is what we receive from God. It's what we believe, right? And he gives us grace, and then the fruit is peace. That's, that's the fruit that's born out of trusting in the death and resurrection of Christ as a gift of grace for us. So good. And then Paul, he greets him with that gospel hope, and verses three through eight, he celebrates All right, watch this. Verse 3. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all the saints. Because of the hope reserved for you in heaven. You see how faith and fruit work together? Faith precedes fruit. He says, verse 3. We thank God, the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Verse 4. For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. Verse 5. Because of the hope reserved for you in heaven. That's more faith. And in the middle is the fruit. We've heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love you have for all the saints. So you've got this faith in Christ Jesus, this forward-looking faith about the hope of heaven, and it produces the fruit of love. This is the one true mark of the Christian, love. Jesus says this in John 14, John 13. They will know you by, know that uh, God sent me by the, your love that you have for one another. And he goes on, he says, you already heard about this hope in the word of truth, the gospel that has come to you. It's bearing fruit and growing all over the world, just as it has among you since the day you heard it and came to truly appreciate God's grace. You learn this from Epaphras. Epaphras is the guy that planted this church in Colossae. You heard this from Epaphras, our dearly loved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf. And he's told us, he's now with Paul and Timothy. He's told us about your love in the spirit. Here's what happened. Paul reminds them of their story, man. Remember, he, you know, there's some people reading this that were there when Epaphras was there and they got this church up and going. It reminds them of what God did there, but then connects that to the movement of God beyond their region. The gospel is bearing fruit around the world. So in case one of them was sitting there, and in case you're sitting here and you're thinking, I feel like I haven't seen God bear fruit in my life. I feel like I just haven't seen it, man. This is the encouragement you need. God is working. He's actually working in you, and he's working around the world. I think of Mercy Nairobi that I mentioned a little bit ago. Last fall, the second half of last year, they they baptized 15 people who have made professions of faith in Christ. God is working around the world. I think about our network um, of churches. There's about 80 churches in a network called the Summit Collaborative. We collaborate together to plant churches. There'll be one more when Pastor Joseph goes out to plant, um, and we're named after the church that started all. In that collaborative of 80 churches, we baptized just over a thousand people last year. God is moving around the world. And so if you're sitting there feeling like, yeah, but I haven't seen him move. I actually think, I know it might feel like like winter in the soul, not just outside, but winter in your life. And you're here today to be reminded God is moving. God is working. When everybody stands up and sings together, the reason we do that is so that you can be encouraged by the testimony of the other person singing, yes, God is real. He is alive. Christ's forgiveness is real. It is for us. And he is changing us even still, even though maybe you haven't felt it right now. He's moving he's working. Paul says, you already heard about the hope of heaven. That hope was part of the word of truth that was preached to you called the gospel. And he says, God bears fruit. Paul says in Romans one, the gospel contains the power of God to save. So we major on the gospel here at mercy church, the gospel, one of our core values that we keep the gospel at the center of all we do we say it all the time. We'll say it at starting point. When you come to starting point, we do that as a church because we believe every family should keep the gospel at the center of their home. Every believer should keep the gospel at the center of their life because that's the means of faith that will bear fresh fruit. I'm going to say this a couple times today. In John 15, Jesus says, I am the vine. You are the branches. Abide in me. Make your home in me. Get close to me. Know me. And then you'll bear fruit. Fruit comes from faith placed in the person and work of Jesus. So let's let's be clear on what the gospel is, since it's this gospel that's bearing fruit all over the world and this gospel that we'll talk about these seven weeks, the gospel that Epaphras preached when he planted the church. It's the message that you were created. You and I were created on purpose with both purpose and value. You are valuable to God, and you are meant to know him and walk with him and to be led by God, through the world he created so that you can flourish in it. But you and I each rebelled against the loving rule of God. We chose our ways over God's ways. The Bible calls that sin, and our sin has estranged us from God. We ran from God, and in doing so, created a rift in that relationship that we cannot repair. Only God can do that. So he sent his son to build the bridge between us and him. Jesus came, and he paid for our sin with his life, he died for us, and he resurrected from the dead. So here's the gospel in a sentence. It's Romans six twenty three. The wages of your sin, of my sin, is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. I, you got to know the gospel, because that's what's going to bear the fruit. If you believe you're a sinner and you receive Christ's gift of salvation, you can have the hope of heaven that this church in Colossae had and that Mercy Church has. It's here for you today. And to the Christian who's heard this before, this is where we are to abide. Fresh faith. Remembering it today. A lot of our problems happen when we stop abiding in Christ. And we, we move on from Jesus. We start abiding in interesting theological factoids and we forget that Jesus is a person that we're meant to have a relationship with. So I tell you guys all the time, the gospel is not just the, just the front door to like the Christian life as if you go through it and move on from it. The gospel is the whole house. Stay there, make your home there, abide there and you will bear much fruit. Paul says, that's what's been happening in Colossae. Fruit's awesome. It's everywhere. And so, like I said, because of this fruit, he prays for them. Verse nine, for this reason also, since the day we heard this, man, we haven't stopped praying for you. He celebrates the fruit and then with urgency, prays for them. And I love how kind God is because he writes, the apostle Paul writes down this prayer, right? He could have just prayed for them, and not told them what he prayed for them, but he wrote it down and gave it to them, and gives it, and God gives it to us. You know, it's so tempting to live off of old fruit, so he prays for fresh faith and fresh fruit. And I want us to not just hear this prayer; I want us to pray this prayer. We're going to pray it this morning, and we're going to—I'm going to encourage you to pray it every day this week. Let's kick off 24 believing what God started; He will continue. Before we get into a workbook with steps to take. Let's be a people of fresh faith who depend on God. He says, we're asking, this Paul, he says, I'm talking to God. I'm asking that you church may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That's a prayer for fresh faith. They already know God. He's writing to the church. They know Jesus, but he's saying, Lord, fill them anew, make it fresh. God, continue filling them with more and more knowledge of yourself because that's the fuel faith runs on. It's abiding in Christ, getting to know him, getting to know how he works. That whole phrase there, um, wisdom and spiritual understanding, that's just getting more familiar with God and how he works in the world. So heres we're going to build this. I'm going to have four parts to this prayer for fresh faith. And here's the first part. You write it down. God, I want to know you better today than I did yesterday. I want to know you better today than yesterday. I don't want to live off of old knowledge. I want to build on old knowledge. I want to know you. Guys, we can't grow beyond this right here. The Christian faith is a relational faith. You must know God. God, I want to see more of your glory. I want to know more of your character. I want to be in awe of you. I want to worship you. I don't want to just check things off the box and go about my day. I want to know you. Why? Verse 10, so that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit. You get that? Faith comes first and then fruit, bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God. He prays they would have fresh faith so that they would walk worthy. So at the same time, their life is characterized by bearing fruit and growing in the knowledge of God because that's what happens. Healthy faith reveals itself through the fruit of good works worthy of the Lord. So here's our second part of our prayer. God, I want to walk worthy of you today, so help me. God, I want to know you more and I want to walk worthy of you. I want to believe and I want to act. I want to bear fruit, but I know that God is the one who does the fruit bearing. So I'm going to take these steps, help my steps, help my steps. Help me walk worthy of you. God, when my flesh wants vengeance, spirit, help me to forgive because that's worthy of you. I want to walk worthy of you, worthy of the gospel. When my flesh wants apathy, help me to walk worthy of you and to endure like you endured on the cross because that's worthy of you. When my flesh fears what people think about me, Lord, help me walk worthy of you and give me the peace of being called son or daughter, because that's the title that you won for me in your death and resurrection. When my flesh wants to isolate just with the people I already know, God, help me to walk worthy of you and go and meet the newcomer, meet the stranger who needs to find Christ. Help me to walk worthy of you. In verse 11, where does this come from? Being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you might have great endurance and patience. Okay, this verse for me is where the relief comes in because I am a achiever, okay? I've done all the personality profiles. I've like paid for others to tell me that I like to win. Like I just know that about me, that that's me. I mean, Courtney will be the first to tell you, like I can't even let my kids, we play video games and I get mad when they win in video games, but the controllers are so small. I don't. You know, whatever, but they... <laughs> Like I struggle with that. I like to win. But then that starts to drift over into my walk with Christ. And I don't know if you're like me. Often I'll try and win the Christian life instead of live the Christian life. And I'll try to achieve, achieve, achieve. And it'll be in my strength. And I'll want to be the one bearing the fruit. And Paul prays not for them to strengthen themselves, but for God to strengthen them. And that endurance... And patience, see that at the end of verse 11? Endurance and patience doesn't flow from willpower. Parents, listen up. This is why you need to pray this. Bosses, endurance and patience, listen up. Employees who struggle with their bosses, listen up. Coworkers, listen up. Spouses, listen up. Roommates, for sure, listen up. Right? (laughs) Teammates, listen up. Coaches, for sure, listen up. The key to bearing the fruit of endurance and patience. Man, it's not your power. That will run out. It's God strengthening you through his power. How? Okay, you're like, yeah, I agree. How? You abide. You stay real close to him. You make your home in Christ. And then you bear much fruit. Here's the next part of our prayer. God, let me walk by your power today, not my own. God, I need your strength. We all know it. But then we take our eyes off the Lord. We try to... Just grit it out, gut it out. And y'all, by the way, I'm big on work ethic. I'm big on effort. I'm not saying you can get fresh fruit without putting any effort in. But what if more of that effort was directed to dependence on the Lord in prayer and in abiding? The hardest prayer for many of us to pray is a prayer of dependence. God, I need you. I can't endure without you. I don't have patience. I need your your strength to supply it, excuse me. What about other forms of spiritual fruit? Not just endurance and patience. about love and forgiveness and gentleness? Where is the strength for that going to come from every single day? From you? Come on. No, what we need, what our community around us needs, is for the people of God to walk in the power of God. The world around us needs to experience the supernatural power of God, and the way they're going to experience it is through the people of God. Y'all, the church needs the power of God. We need to be people who are abiding so closely to Christ that when you hurt me or I hurt you, and it's gonna happen. Look, the longer, there's no such thing as a perfect church, okay? I promise you, it's one of the things I say in starting point, we will let you down. Welcome, because we're a group of sinners and there's room for one more. We're all messed up, so are you. Welcome, right? That's right, we are going to hurt one another at some point, And when it happens, I need the supernatural power of Christ to be able to say, I forgive you and I actually mean it. It's not just something I'm supposed to say, but I actually mean it. How is that possible? Because I draw from a deep well of forgiveness, a well that will never run out. And I drew from it afresh today. I went back and remembered the gospel today and I sat in the gospel today. So I've got plenty of forgiveness for you because I have received so much of it from the Lord. Leads us right to where we'll wrap up for today. Verses 12 through 14. He says, I want you to have this fruit and I want you to do so giving thanks to the father who has enabled you to share in the saints inheritance in the light. He's rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the son he loves. In him we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. What you will see in this letter as we go through it, Paul never gets over Jesus. He never gets over Jesus. He never goes beyond Jesus. In fact, this whole everything, I think it's 9 through 14, it's all one sentence, it's like my man's grammar can't catch up with his love for Jesus, you know? He just keeps going, uh, back, back to Jesus. I need you to walk worthy, but don't forget about Jesus. He loves Jesus. Even his prayer, have you noticed this by now? It actually doesn't focus a lot on them as much as it does on Jesus. That's the last part of our prayer for fresh, fresh fruit, fresh faith. God, today I thank you. What if this was the way we close that prayer? Today I thank you for the forgiveness and new life you give me through Christ. I joyfully give thanks to God with joy in my spirit today. Fresh faith. That's fresh faith today. Talked about this towards the end of last year. Y'all, there is, even psychologists are now putting out studies about this. There is great power in gratitude. A thankful heart walks into the day differently than an envious heart or a bitter heart. One of the fruits of fresh faith is thankfulness. That's our prayer that yields fresh fruit. God, I want to know you better today than yesterday. I want to walk worthy of you today. Let me walk by your power, not mine. And God, thank you for forgiveness and new life. I was trying to think of a, a way to illustrate this for you guys and went kind of hunting a little bit. And just with this whole idea of so then what do we do with all of it? We abide. And this prayer is a prayer of abiding. Because He is the vine and we are the branches. And I, I looked it up. The oldest fruit-producing vineyard in the world is in northern Slovenia in this very small town of Marbor. It's the Zamatovka vine, planted in the 1500s during the Ottoman Empire. That's how far back it goes. Survived a lot, survived a big parasite spread that killed half the vineyards in Europe in 1870s because its roots were planted so deeply into the riverbank of the river that it's growing by, which is a whole sermon all on its own from Psalm 1 for another day, Okay. But over the past 50 years, vine dressers have attended really carefully to it. Every year they prune it, every year they harvest grapes. And now after 50 years of doing that, they've taken grafts off of it. And other winemakers are planting them around the world. There's like 280 grafts now producing wine around the world. It's this highly sought after thing. I recognize as I'm doing this illustration, the Baptists are worried about talking about wine. The Catholics are like, finally, we're talking about wine. So all things to all people, but stay with me, right? Man, this highly sought after thing, it's still producing every single year. Fresh fruit. Old vine, fresh fruit comes from fresh tending. If they didn't tend to it, it would shrivel up and die. Two takeaways for you. Old vines need fresh care to produce fresh fruit. Some of you have been walking with Jesus for a while, for a long time, and you're coasting off of old fruit. It's time to draw from the river of life again. And bear fresh fruit. But listen to me. How valuable is fresh fruit from old vines? How valuable? You might think it's just your little corner of the world. Man, the gospel's bearing fruit all over the world. And he can bear fruit in your life. If you will believe on him fresh today, he will bear fresh fruit. And that's what I want for you. But here's the other takeaway from that illustration is the great relief. Jesus says he is the vine. And we are the branches. So just abide in him, make your home in him and he will bear fruit. Fresh faith, that's abiding in Christ and trusting God that he will bear the fruit as you abide. And as we abide as a church, we abide in him. Here's what I want to do. I want us to pray together this prayer that we've built um, so what I'm going to do is something we do from time to time around here. Our worship teams at all three of our campuses are going to be getting into place. with let that distract you. Um, I want to just do just a little bit of time of prayer for us. So um, where you're at, if you would get into, uh, you know, actually, let's do it this way. I want you to find a prayer buddy. Yep, that's what we're doing, okay? So you're going to find someone, maybe you came with, maybe it's somebody that's sitting close to you. Um, you're going to take five seconds. You don't have to have a whole conversation, this little me, you, me, you thing, um, Find your prayer buddy on the count of three. One, two, three. Find your prayer buddy. Hey, man. Yeah, I'll pray with you. No, 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 no. I don't really. You smell weird. I don't want to pray with you. You smell good. I will pray with you. You know, whatever. You... Okay. All three of our campuses, now that we got that, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to lead you in this time of prayer. It's not, we're not going to take a long time, but I want us to commit our year together, a year of fresh faith. So you get into a posture of prayer there with your prayer, buddy. And we're going to pray this. We'll start right here. And you pray it over one another. The first one is this, God, I want to know you better today than I did yesterday. You pray that over one another, and then I'll lead us to the next point. thing you pray is God, I want to walk worthy of you today. so help me. God, I want to walk worthy of you today, so help me. God I want my brother and my sister to walk worthy of you today, so help her, help him. you continue praying. you continue to pray. You pray, God, let me walk. Let us walk by your power, not our own. God, get us out of the way. Let us walk by your power. Help us to abide so that we can walk in your power today, God. You pray as God leads you. Continue praying. Thank you. You know what, as a way to close this last prayer point, why don't we stand, all three of our campuses, let's stand together. Maybe you need to lift your hands and just say thank you. God, we thank you today. Today, Father, our hearts are filled, we're in awe, and we thank you for forgiveness. We don't deserve your mercy, but you gave it to us. We thank you that you went to the cross in our place. We thank you. We thank you that you rose from the grave and gave us new life on that today father our old lives want to knock back on our hearts and on our lives and lead us back but no we say thank you for new life give us the strength and power to walk in the new life christ has won for us we thank you father for new life for forgiveness and new life we praise you today and all god's people of mercy church said amen amen